Anyway, so today, um, if you look on the, the bulletin, we've got this, um, this, uh, this picture on the bulletin, the front of the bulletin, um, and that's not what we're going to be doing today. Uh, we're not, so the bulletin cover does, hardly matches anything that I'm going to be talking about today. Um, I, uh, the only thing that I am really... Um, uh, there's a little example that I wanted to use. Anyway, Josh called me and said, I, Dad, I just, I can't, I can't make it. I, you know, will you, uh, will you speak? I said, man, yeah, I'd love to. I got some stuff going on in my mind anyway, and I, I, I would love to. It's nice to have a chance to, to do some, to, to, to do this. And so, anyway, um, so I get to, I'm going to talk about prayer today. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a very important part of who we all are as Christian believers, and so I'm going to talk about prayer. Um, a couple of little stories. One of them is two two boys. They were spending the night with their grandmother uh, the week before Christmas, and uh, it was bedtime. And so Grandma, you know, takes the boys and you know and puts them into bed and and leaves the room. And then one of the younger boys starts praying, and he's you know he's, you know you know, uh, just, you know, saying his prayers to the top of his lungs, just screaming, you know, you know, God, I pray for a new bicycle, and God, I pray for a new Nintendo, God, I pray for a new VCR, and his, his older brother says, uh, hey, calm down, you know, God's not deaf, and he says, no, but Grandma is, <laughs> yeah, and sometimes we, we may use our prayer life to, to, to manipulate, to, uh, to, in a, in a different way, instead of really going to our Father, we're, we're manipulating people. Another, another quick story, but um, the guy's on this boat, the boat's starting to sink. And so the captain of this boat steps out and he says, uh, uh, does anybody know how to pray here? And, and, and this one man says, yes, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian, I know how to pray. And he, the captain says, great, uh, why don't you go ahead and start praying? The rest of us will put on the life jackets. We're one short. <laughs> That'll improve your prayer life, huh? <laughs> anyway, uh, prayer is it's, it's an important part of our lives as believers. And so as we're talking about prayer today, realizing that it is, it is for believers. Uh, it's for those who are following Christ. And as Christ followers, we really have to make sure that we are people of prayer. Uh, you may not get a life jacket, but you know how to pray. And uh, so this morning, uh, prayer is that thing that is uh, such a vital part of the Christian life, such a power force. And so many times... We, we, we either don't know how to use it or we forget how to use it. Prayer, to me, uh, prayer, it, it's a learned art form. It, it's a skill that has to be uh, developed. It is a, it's a skill that has to be maintained. It has to be, be tuned up all the time. And the way that you get better at anything is what? practice. You know, when I say practice, uh, I want you to have in the same, the same mindset of, I mean, it's just the old joke, you know, you, you go see a medical doctor, 
you know, and they're talking, I practice medicine, you know, well, don't practice on me, I want somebody that knows what they're doing. Um, but I want to, you know, prayer as, as, as a practice, it is something that we are committed to, we are involved in, and it's working stronger and stronger in our hearts and our lives. And it does take us into, into new realms. There's a, um, I, this is my only Star Wars thing, okay, so, so I want to kind of be a little bit in sync with the bulletin cover. Um, by the way, I, Pastor Joshua, he said he's going to have Yoda here today. He, last night he said, I'll probably do it next, you know, next month or something. So as, you know, he'll have Yoda here to talk about dualism and how so many people in America, we, we are dualistic. We, we have one life over here and one life over here. But, um, but, but if you remember on the first Star Wars, which is, um, it, to me, it, for, for those people my age, um, and, and maybe a little bit younger that saw it before all of the, the uh, special effects were really being developed and coming into to great new areas. But there's this one scene, uh, Han Solo has been frozen, and uh, Landa, Corizian, and Chewbacca are, um, are uh, in the Millennial Fal- Millennium Falcon, and somebody, they're trying to kill them, and they've got, and they, they, they can't get the hyperspace to work, and they've got hammers, they're beating everything, th- pieces are falling off, uh, they're panicked, how are we going to get out of here? And, um, and over in the corner, R2-D2 is addressing the problem. <laughs> he's, he's working on it. And then if you remember, if you remember this scene, I was going to play it, but it's, it, was just too, it was too long to play. Um, but if you remember this scene, you know, you know, all of a sudden they hit hyperspace, and it's just they just there's just just this burst of the of going so fast. The stars are just going past them. And see, sometimes in our prayer life we are we got our hammer and we're we're beating things up, you know. And the whole time, you know, God is at work doing it right. <laughs> you know, we're we're maybe we're using our prayer life to to try and manipulate people. Oh God, make my husband and make my wife do this. You know, we've got our hammer, we're beating them up. Uh, God, make my kids do this. And we've got our hammer, we're beating them up. And the whole time, God is at work. All things work together for everybody on the face of the earth, right? Say, say no, say no. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> All things work together for the good of them that love the Lord. You know, and, you know, sometimes, you know, in our zealousness, we can get a little carried away and... Pray, I, mean, I do it all the time. You know, I pray prayers to try and manipulate people to get them to do something. And, uh, and, but God's got a plan. He's at work making, making things happen. Um, as, as prayer is developed in the believer's life, you will find that you will have more confidence in prayer. You will find that you really will believe in your prayer life as you are practicing it. Practice not unlike a golf swing, but practice like a medical doctor because it has those answers. But it calls us into relationship. All things work together for the good and that love the Lord. That love of the Lord is calling us in to that relationship. Um, a person that I, I, I know, um, a believer, 
believed in a lot of things, a lot of things. And, uh, but, you know, when you get right down to it, what makes a person a believer? Well, believing that Jesus Christ is God's son and that he died on the cross for our sins. And when we receive him, we confess it's by you and by you alone that I, that I come into your presence. And, and you know, then, then we are saved. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty uh, easy deal. It really is. I'm saved because I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in my heart. I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and that God raised him from the dead. Then I, 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 you shall be saved. A lot of people kind of step across that line of faith, and that's about as far as they get. They never grow beyond that. And this one guy was, was talking with him, and uh, he said, you know, I, the prayer thing, it's, it's okay. He says, I'm, I really like the Buddhist type of prayer where there's a prayer wheel, you just spin it, and you just walk off and leave it, and you don't have to waste time talking to God. <laughs> well, boy, that's a good idea. Yeah, we don't want to waste time talking to God, do we? You know, and, and sometimes, as, as believers, we will take our prayer life and, and, and make it a, an obligation. And so we, we come up with these prayer wheels or other forms that are, that it was, well, I don't have to waste my time. I got, I got life to live. But when we look at someone like David in the, in the Old Testament, who was that person of prayer, a couple of prayers I want you to look at very quickly in... in um, in the book of Psalms. And as you're looking at these, uh, these, are, these are songs. These are the lyrics to songs. Now, we don't know what the, what the music sounded like, um, but uh, if you would just take any kind of an American song, like the, the lyrics that we just sang, if you take that and you just read them, you go, well, that's, it's, you know, it, it's, it's good. Uh, but it misses a lot of the, of the uh, thing that God built inside of us of taking music and, and, and using it in as a form of expression of moving from one side of the, of the brain to the other side of the brain and allowing it to be a, a real emotional... Excuse my ears falling off, I'm sorry. It's not, the, it's not the ear piece, it's my ear. And, um, but, but, but using it as, as a real form of, of connecting with God uh, in, in that artistic form. That's why I, why I started off by saying that I believe that, that, that prayer is learned and that it's an artistic form that is learned. Because as I'm beginning to express these emotions and not, not obligating spinning a, spinning a wheel... Or, well, we're sitting at the table, we have, we're supposed to pray before we eat, which is a good thing. And if you're not doing it, you need to start doing it. Is it, is it, a, is it, a, is it a, a dead form? It can be. Um, but even just pausing at that time to, to thank the Lord is very important. But David is, is writing something from his heart. It's a song. Um, as a matter of fact, if you... If certain of the, the, the Bible translations will tell you a little bit about it. It says in Psalms chapter 4, it says, For the director of music with stringed instruments, a psalm of David. So we're just leading, reading the lyrics of the word and woven into to the, these words. There's music. 
that is moving from the logical side of the brain over to the artistic side of the brain. And, and out of this, this music comes this incredible cry. Um, I, I wish that God would have blessed me with, with a voice to sing. He didn't uh, he, at all. I wish that God would have blessed me with, with the talent to play instruments. He didn't at all. I tried. Let me rephrase that. My mother tried. Uh, uh, you know, it was some, some really interesting things that my mother, you know, would, would, would put me through to make me learn music because, she, you know, she treasured music, she treasured books, and she treasured God's creation. But, but I, I would love to be able to, to, to write. I envy people like, like you know, like, like Amanda Gilbertson. I, I you know... It's not a sin the way that I envy. I want you know, I envy, what pastor envies a sin. Well, not not this way. It's it's a it's a good envy. Okay, I'm, I'm keep telling myself. But but David's race says, "Answer me when I call to you, O my righteous God." Now, kind of put put some music in, in, into this. I'm going to read the words, but you go ahead and you write some music as, as I'm reading this. Allow this to start singing in your heart. Okay, give me relief from my distress. I know that none of you have ever prayed that prayer, right? <laughs> Be merciful to me and, and hear my prayer. How long, uh, O men, will you, will you turn my glory uh, into shame? And how long will you love the delusions and seek false gods? And then there's that word sila. That word sila it simply means think about it. It means pause Give some time for this. You know, there's going to be an instrumental pl playing here. There's going to be something that's going to cause you to, to go over to the, this side of the brain and, and to start thinking about, oh, yeah, yeah. God, how long, God? These, there's some bad people out there, and they're trying to, to, to put me in distress. They're, they're delusion. They're seeking other gods. I'm going to think about this for a while. Okay, know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call to him. If there's nothing else that you get out of this song, get this. The Lord will hear when you call him. Not the Lord will hear when you spin a prayer wheel, but when you are calling on him. Lord, I need your help. In your anger, do not sin. And when you are on your beds, search your hearts and be silent. Again, seal it. Think about that. Okay, uh, offer right sacrifices and trust in the Lord. Many are asking, who can show us any good? Let the light of your face shine upon us, O Lord. You have filled my heart with greater joy than when their grain and the new wines abound. I will lie down and sleep in peace, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety." David is going to go to bed. He's turning in for the night. And he says, God, I'm, I'm crying to you. There's some people out there that want to kill me. There's some bad stuff going on out there. But as I'm going to bed, give me peace. Give me peace. You hear me when I cry. You know, and, and God does hear you when you cry. God is there to, to hear and, and to answer. Now, the next psalm, Psalms 5, it is, it is a morning prayer. 
Uh, it is what he's praying in the morning. I'm not gonna, we're not going to take time to read that one. But it's that morning prayer. And so David is modeling something for us. And that, what he's modeling for us is that thing of what Paul's going to say is, is you know, pray without ceasing. Pray all the time. Always be in the, this attitude of prayer. When the disciples came to Jesus and uh, they said, teach us to pray. And Jesus says, okay, when you pray, pray like this. And now they had seen Jesus doing miracles. They had seen him get up early in the morning and go out to a lonely place to pray, a private place. He had a place where he wasn't going to be disturbed. He turned the television off and uh, turned off the computer and was just alone with, with the Father. It was a little joke there. And, um, and so he was in that place of, of being alone with God. And the disciples saw this and they said, we see you pray. Would you teach us to pray the way that you pray? We have seen the Pharisees standing on the corner and saying, oh, God, I thank you that I'm not scum like this, like this person down here. I thank you that I am so righteous. And he says, and they'd seen the comparisons of a humble Jesus and of the prideful people that, that, that use prayer as a manipulation or as a religious experience to make everyone think that they had their acts together. And teach us to pray. And so Jesus gives them the thing. First of all, you start off with, God, you are good. <laughs> First thing you do is, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be, God, God, you are good. And in you, there is no evil at all. You know, and see, as Pastor Josh was talking last week about the issue of, of yin and yang, and sometimes we kind of have this idea that, oh boy, you know, God's got his bad side too. And the answer is, no, he doesn't. God is good. He is only good. Then where did evil come from? Created beings were able to have their, their free choice. You see, we serve a God who is so powerful that he can create a creation that has the power of free will to override God's will. You see, that's one of the most important things that we have to understand about prayer is that we have a, a free will. And as we're, I'm going to go through seven reasons to pray boldly in a couple of minutes. Uh, don't, it's, they're, 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 they're quick reasons, so don't, don't panic too much, okay? Um, um, however, each one of them could be a whole, whole four-week series. But uh, you have to be convinced of God's power to, to hear and to answer and God's desire to answer. The Bible is full of, of places, uh, full, I mean really full of places where it tells us to enter into the presence of God boldly, where it tells us that we are to, with, with great boldness, with unshamed faces, to walk in the presence of God. Now, one of the things that keeps us from walking in the presence of God with unshamed faces is um, we've done some shameful things. I know none of you have, but we know people that have. And, uh, you know, it's like, boy, God, I, I know that you hear and you answer, but, but man, God, I'm, I'm a mess. And, God, I've, I, I, feel, I, I, don't, I haven't earned the right to have you answer my prayer. And so, God, I'm, I'm really ashamed. And so, God, just, you know, God, just forgive me. And, if, you know, if, if you want to do something nice for me, okay, but I'm, I'm afraid to ask. The Bible says to, to enter boldly. Passage in Hebrews deals with this, says that, that we are to, you know, to come into God's presence 
you know, boldly with unshamed faces. Uh, that's a word that is, the, you know, the, the unshamed face. It's a Greek word that, that it, 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 sometimes when I say it, you know, it kind of shocks people a little bit. Uh, but, you know, it, you know, we are to enter God's presence with unshamed It is a, just a brassiness in our asking. A real, almost pushy confidence. Now, the Bible tells us to enter God's presence that way. If we are humbled in the presence of God and realize, God, I am a sinner. I have been saved by your grace. It's not like, God, you owe me. But God, it is because of what Jesus did for me on the cross that I can ask, and I can ask with confidence. I can ask believing. It is that, 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 it, that brassy asking, that unshamefaced, oh, shoot, God, kind of, you know, oh, God, just, just kind of help me out, please. I, I, oh, man, oh, uh, you know. But it says, enter boldly into the presence of God. Make known your request to him. God, I need your help in this. I know, okay, for, let's get it out of the way. God, for, 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 you know, in the, in the Lord's Prayer, forgive me of my debts as I forgive my debtors. God, forgive me of my debts to you, my sins. God, forgive me of those things. And then you have to have the confidence in believing that that prayer was answered, that God has forgiven. And because he has forgiven, you now stand in a place of righteousness before the Lord. And because of that standing in that place of righteousness before the Lord, you can ask boldly, expecting and having confidence in God's ability to, to make things happen. And this, this past week, um, some of you were there, uh, a funeral for a lady who used to attend our church, Frances Hunter, and um, I just kind of have this deal with, with people whenever I do a, a, a funeral or a memorial service that, um, especially if I know there's going to be a lot of non-believers there, if you don't want me to preach a salvation message, you better get somebody else. And um, in, in the service, I was talking about how, I didn't use the exact words, but, but most, just honestly, most Americans in, in, in Christianity, I'm not talking about you, I'm not talking about... Um, about people that are that are committed to the Lord, but most American Christians, where they well, they believe, well, yeah, I'm a I'm a good guy, uh, and um, uh, I know I believe in God and everything, um, and you know I've talked a lot about this. One of my main mantras really is, you know, uh, you know, doing well, I'm going to do more good than evil, and someday when I stand before the man upstairs, he's going to weigh it out and he's going to say, well, you did more good than evil, so so come on in. And um, see, most Amer American Christians are closer to Islam than they are Christianity. Islam is based on works. Christianity is based on, on God, your amazing grace, your unfailing love, that you would take my place. And, and that is God's unfailing, that's God's grace. It's not because you've done more good than evil. Now, if you have truly experienced God's grace, then you, really, you will get to that place to where you are going to 
honestly, I don't know how the best way to say it is to, to do works. Jesus Christ himself said, it's in red letters in the Bible, store up for yourself treasures in heaven by your good works, by your good deeds. But that's not what saves us. And so when we enter God's presence, we, we have to quit having that mentality of, well, God, I've been good enough to have you answer my prayers. I've been good enough. I've, I've, I've earned it. No, it is only God's grace that our prayers are answered. And it is only by God's grace that we are told to enter boldly into his presence. Come, come on in. Come on in. You know, it, coming in with, with awe and respect for the Lord, but at the same time remembering that he's called you his son and his daughter. Um, you know, we, you know, you think about, you know, uh, you, you see certain pictures of, uh, of like the president of the White House and, you know, and like especially as I just kind of watched the thing with Kennedy last night and his kids running, the president of the United States, his kids running, in, running around his office, playing with toys in his office. But he's the president. Yeah, but, yeah, but he's their father first. And your father wants you, invites you. Your father pleads for you to come into his presence, to make your request known to him. Okay, seven reasons uh, to, to pray bold prayers. To pray those bold prayers. When I was... Um, after, after the, the um, memorial service, I was walking away from the graveside and guy, a couple guys came up to me and, and they said, you know, that was, that was, that was good. That was, that was a, you know, a good message and you know, thank you for that and it was, it was really good. Um, but I, we know that Frances, was a, she was a, a good person. She did a lot of good things and so we know she's in heaven. And I, I, I just, you know, I don't want to, get too far off here, but I said, but, but you know, uh, that's not why she's in heaven. Yeah. I said, you know, she did good things. I mean, she cooked a lot of meals in that kitchen over there. She, she did good things. But that has nothing to do with it. See, the saddest part about hell is it's going to be full of people who did good things. But never bothered to say, Jesus, with my lips I confess, with my heart I believe. That's sad. Because the Bible, t- you know, well, that, that doesn't sound fair. That doesn't sound fair. But trust me, God is absolutely, completely, totally just and fair. And no one is going to, is going to, to, to be in heaven by, in heaven by accident or in hell by accident. You know, you serve a God that is totally just, totally fair, has complete total knowledge, and it's, it's going to be right. Is that attitude of, well, I just don't I, don't, I don't believe I have to trust God that way. I'll do it myself. I'll work hard. Now, the, the, the seven reasons, seven reasons to pray bold prayers. Okay, number one, these are going to be on your screen, so you can write these down on your, on your Star Wars bulletin. Um, okay, we can pray boldly because God hears our prayers. You know, God does hear our prayers. Um, have you ever felt that, that, you know, that relief when someone finally hears you out? 
You know, there's just something, you just got to say it. You just got to say it. Well, um, it's, it's, it's that, that, that sense of affirmation when, when they listen to you. And the Lord hears every single one of our prayers. Um, and from, from the, 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 the biggest prayer to the smallest prayer, uh, God hears that prayer. He's never distracted. He's not, his mind isn't wandering off someplace. That God is there. He hears every word that you pray. And we have this awesome privilege. And you have to see prayer as an awesome privilege. This awesome privilege of going to the presence of God. Of like, like you know, like, like that little, little John John Kennedy. Of walking in, you know, running into his dad's office. Your heavenly father invites you into his office. Yes, with, with, with respect. I'm very, very put off by disrespectful prayers. You know, hey, hey, man upstairs. There's not a man upstairs. He's a father that loves you. You know, the, the big man, the big guy. You know, no, no, no. With, with, with respect. Our father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our day. Give to us. God wants you to ask him for him to meet your needs. Are you having it tough financially? Have you asked God to, 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 to help in your finances? Are you having it tough in, in your marriage? Have you asked God to, to heal your marriage? Um, you say, well, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk some more in a couple of minutes of how we can pray boldly. I don't know if God wants to answer my prayers or not. Okay, number two is that we can pray boldly because our prayers make a difference. Our prayers make a difference. You know, I can, I can say, well, you know what? I have got, um, I have got um, a, a very serious disease. Okay, well, we'll take Pastor Josh right now. Not much of a disease, but a problem, you know. Yeah, I have a hernia. I'll take an aspirin. It's not gonna, it's not gonna fix it, is it? It's not gonna fix it. And, and so what we have to do is realize that, that uh, when, when we're sick and when we're in pain, we know what works and we know what doesn't work based on our relief from, from, from this, this situation we're facing. And prayer is the most effective way that, that we have as believers to, to find that, that power base that needs to be applied to get the answer. Sometimes it takes a long time for prayers to, to, to get answered. Sometimes it takes some time for them to, to come to, to fruition. Sylvie, um, I'm sorry, it's, uh, Sheila McClure, who sits usually over here during the second service. Um, I've known her for probably, I don't know, 40 years, I don't know, a long time. And uh, as long as I've known her, she was always praying for her husband who was not a believer. For the, at that time, probably 35 years or so, she was always praying for her husband. Always pray for, you know, my, my husband will come to know the Lord. Pray that my husband will come to know the Lord. Later on, he ended up uh, getting cancer, and uh, it was it was his time was up. And I get a call from Sheila, and she says, uh, "My husband wants to talk to you." Okay, 
So I, you know, I, I went into to the house, into the, the back bedroom where he was laying in bed, and, and uh, I d- didn't know, you know, okay, well, you know, the first thing he says, I walk in, and he says, oh, hi, Pastor Larry, is there something you want to ask me? <laughs> I mean, okay, you open the door. <laughs> yeah, are you ready to meet the Lord? No, I'm not. You want to get this thing straightened up right now? Yeah, I, I'm ready. All those years, she was faithful in praying for her husband's salvation. Folks, it's not over till it's over. You may say, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of praying about that situation. God is at work, and sometimes God has to move a lot of things around for, for, to get things into the place to where it, it can move. The second thing is, is that you have to understand that that God's will is not always done. I mean, I, again, this is one of the things I talk a lot about. But God's will is not always done. The Bible very clearly says it is God's will that all men come to repentance. And we know that not everybody is saved. Not everybody is saved. And so we have to be in that place of realizing that prayer is an act, of, it's an art form, but it's also an act of warfare against the enemy's plan to, to bring in that hopelessness. Uh, number three, that we can pray boldly because we are made righteous through Christ. Again, I, I've, I've focused on this a little bit already, but in, in Proverbs, in, in, in chapter, um, chapter 15, verse 29, it says, The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. We have no righteousness of our own. The Bible very clearly says that our righteousness is like filthy rags. The filthy rags that, that are being implied there are the rags that were used to wrap around lepers' wounds. We're not talking about just a rag. Uh, you know, we're talking about a diseased rag. Our, our righteousness is, is like that. And when we believe in that place of the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we must believe that we have been made perfect through Christ. And because of that, we know, man, I, but, but God, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner saved by grace, God. And that's, you got it, and you're saved by grace. You're saved by that amazing grace. Number four is that we can pray boldly because our requests are in line with God's will. Um, and in, in John in chapter in First John in chapter five it says, okay, "This is the confidence that we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of Him. You know, so well, okay, I, I get that. I know that if it's God's will, that it, it's going to take place. I, I know that. Okay." But the problem is, I'm not sure what God's will is. Sheila McClure could pray with confidence knowing that it was God's will for her husband to be saved. If you have children that are rebellious, you can pray with confidence knowing that it is God's will that they be saved. If you are having a hard time in your job and, and, and you, you can't find a job, you can pray with confidence knowing that the Bible says that if you don't work, you don't eat. 
And, and so, God, I, I, I need these things to, to be taking place in, in my life. Um, I can't see the clock. It's got a light on it. Okay. Um, so we, we're to be praying for, for God's will. One of the, what is one of the greatest ways to find out what God's will is? Okay, ask. And, and, and what's a, another one that's just it's so obvious in front of you? Read the Bible. <laughs> Read the Bible. Read the Bible. God will never contradict the, the, the written word of God. It'll never happen. Well, God told me to divorce my wife because uh, there's a new young chick over here. No, he didn't. He did not. I, mean, I hear that a lot, you know. There's one of, a, one of the, uh, uh, really a very, very big uh, evangelist decided that God had told him to, to divorce his wife because there was another person that would prosper his ministry more. I said, God didn't tell you that. God hates divorce. Okay, um, so in, you know, in line with God's, as we read and study the word of God, we're going to, to begin to, to move more into understanding what God's will is. You know, God's will for, for you to, to, to prosper. Now, not, not the, 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 the phony baloney way that sometimes comes across in a prosperity gospel, but, God, but, but the word of God does say that, that he wants you to prosper as your soul prospers. And so we are to say, okay, God, I, I know that you are going to be blessed by this. And God, so lead me in, into that place with you of understanding your will, knowing how to pray, using all the resources that come together. In number five, we can pray boldly because we obey the scripture. Uh, in Psalms in chapter 119, okay, may your, your hands be ready to help me for I have chosen your precepts. As we are really in that place, not being good to, to, for salvation, but, but being good, doing it God's way, paying attention to God's word, applying God's laws, uh, we know that they got those precepts that we're going to be finding more of God's favor. We're not going to be in a rebellious attitude, but it's in the place of, of serving God out of a heart and being carried away with him. And the number six, that we can pray boldly because we are commanded to do so. You are not commanded to enter God's presence with a, well, God, if you want to, God, if, you, if it's, if it's going to, you know, God, I, I kind of would like to have you do this, God, but, well, I don't know. You know, in, in Ephesians chapter 6.10, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. Okay, when we are in, in situations that are hard, that are difficult. Maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe you've lost your job. Maybe there's something that's difficult going on. Um, that's when we need to, to pray, to call upon the Lord in our time of need. Uh, when we are facing difficulties, God expects us, God tells us to come into his presence boldly. And when, when we don't choose to pray, um, then we are saying, God, I'm, I don't want to get too involved here. I, I may be disappointed, so God, you stay over there. And that's that dualism thing. It's got, God's over here, real life is over here. And then number seven, we can pray boldly because we know that he is able to do beyond what we request. God is a, God's an extravagant God. 
He doesn't know the idea of economy and cut back. That's not in God's economy at all. Everything that God does, it grows. When God is involved in it, it grows. He doesn't know how to, 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 to not grow. He didn't make just one star. How many stars did he make? I mean, this is, this is one of the reasons I, I, I just love hanging out with God, because he is so, he is so uh, extravagant. He's just extravagant. You know, one star, no, no, no. One tree, no, no, not one tree. Let's make forests. You know, uh, you know let's, let's make a, a river that is straight. No, I mean, let's make it curve around. Let's make it look good. Let's put rocks in it so there'll be some, some fun places to hang out. This is the God that we serve. And when you have the understanding that, that God is uh, able to do beyond what we request in Ephesians in chapter 3, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more, you can't measure how much more he can do, than all that we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and uh, through Christ Jesus to all generations Forever and ever, amen. I'm going to ask the, the, the band to come on up, the worship band to come on up. And um, as they're coming, just one, you know, one quick last little thought. And, uh, and that is, in your prayers, be bold. Because with God, all things are possible. Possible. Michael, would you see if, if Amanda's out there? Thank you. Um, being bold, because with God, everything is possible. It's your, this, this, hang on to this, okay? Hang on to this. It is your spiritual birthright to pray with confidence. Like little John John was born into the Kennedy family and he had the, the right and the privilege to charge into dad's office when he was in the middle of, you know, facing down the Cuban Missile Crisis. Your heavenly father says, come boldly in. Come on in. Whosoever will may come. And this, this is the God that, that we are serving. It's your spiritual birthright to pray with confidence in our Heavenly Father's ability to intervene in any situation. What is that difficult situation that you're facing? Your Heavenly Father wants to intervene. What is that, that, that thing that you need boldness and courage? God, and he says, come into my presence, I'll show you boldness and courage. And so this morning, as you are wrapping up a weekend of Thanksgiving and wrapping them up at that, that time of family. I want to just in, encourage you. Take that time. Make sure that you're doing what Jesus told us to do. Our Father who art in heaven, you know, give us this day our daily bread. He expects you to ask. He's given you the birthright to ask for those, those, those provisions to be met. He's given you that right. Don't let that right fall, fall on the floor. Don't face life in so much uncertainty, but face life with confidence that my heavenly Father expects me to ask boldly. My heavenly Father tells me to enter his presence with an unshamed face to say, hey, Dad, I really, really need your help right now. 
provisions have been made. So, Father in heaven, this morning as we are in some, some people are in some very difficult places. Some are just at the top of their game and things are going great. So, Father, I pray wherever we are on that spectrum, God, that we will experience your goodness and your grace and your, and your blessings. I pray that there would be an anointing on everyone here, that presence of your Holy Spirit, that will give them that understanding. I need, to, I need to learn to ask God boldly about everything. We love you, Lord. Now, this morning, Lord, as we receive the offering, I pray that, Father, that we will, God, give not out of fact we have to, but because we have been saved, we want to give back to you out of a grateful heart because we believe in this message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we want that mark of God to be on our finances, that not only has our soul been saved and redeemed, but our finances have been redeemed also, and they are under the Lordship of Jesus. Blessed be your name.